everyone, this is Lovely from Financial Grill, and I have Lauren to be allowed to have to run. She has technicians coming to her house, homeowner duties. Okay. Life, well. life is always happening, that's for sure. Yes, and thank you for joining us yet again for another great episode of the Financial Grill, where we discuss life pursuit of happiness and a little bit of financial literacy if that actually ever gets into the episode yeah it, it it's always like sprinkled around I actually was um I didn't get a chance to send this to you guys there's an opportunity for mass in Massachusetts to become a community financial advocate and I'm actually going to sign up for it because I thought it's pretty cool because they take you through all the courses and everything else and they want to reach like you know, communities have, that are diverse in language as well. I'm going to throw it in the chat. Oh, nice, nice. So I'm going to apply for that because, again, like we, myself and Lawrence were just talking about, like, retirement, parental care, and we, we, we've we talked about, like, stocks. We talked about a lot today. But essentially, one of the things that you recognize is it's going to cost you 80000 to 100000 to take care of your parents per year. And we are first-generation and Haitian-Americans, that don't have income the way that the previous generation of people might have income. Like we're building our first first millions, first bot of wealth. And those things, if they don't come into conversation, they're going to be costly. And we're not thinking about it, but if you're staying at home, if your parents have to stay at home, they can no longer work. Their living arrangements, are, are, do they have a um, over-the-water is it under the water or over the water mortgage? Uh, underwater mortgage. Under, is what it yeah. calls. These underwater, are underwater mortgages. Underwater mortgages. Like all these things that we're not sitting at tables having a conversation about. It is now like my goal and priority to not only use what like recently this weekend I was thinking, past weekend I was thinking about financial the financial grill. Like we actually have a gym here. I know that we're all busy and including myself, I've been gone for weeks because just been doing schooling. But when I saw the thing that Mass put down about being a community ambassador, I'm like, this is very much needed. The only thing is, I think all three of us are at that point. We don't want to force people into financial literacy because like, Libon, it's good, but I can't force you if you don't think that's important. So that's what we've been chatting about, talking about. And it something needs to change because I don't think we're realizing the cost of not having a fine a stable financial structure. Yeah, I think uh yeah, I, I think I'm at that 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 stage, but I'm I've been on the pursuit to become a millionaire and because I other people said it was impossible, and I'm staring down the barrel of a million already. So I, by this time next year almost for sure we'll be millionaires. It's just one of those scenarios based off the our trajectory, the the whole Y equal MX plus B kind of scenario. We're on the direction. We're we're at 800,000 now. We're going to get to 900,000 by the end of the year at least. And by next year, by even April 2024, we'll be millionaires. And from that point, I think because of it, I kind of got bored in the process of the journey because I figured out the recipe. I figured out the, the pieces. I figured out what to do. But at the end of the day, when you share it with, with the world, you get a lot of pushback as if it's impossible, as if the system is against you, as it's doing so forth. But I'm like, I have the actual proof that is not impossible. And the system itself, even it is, if it is against you, right, there are loopholes within the system that could help you build wealth, that could help you, you know, structure yourself in a way that could 
make you happier in the end of the day, because that's the whole point for me. It's about having food in my fridge, it's about having a roof over my head, and it's about taking care of the people I, that I love. And even if I'm a millionaire or not, I'll, I'll still uh, would have accomplished that by the time I get there or not. So at this point, I'm a little bit um, fatigued by it. And then I started coming up with a new goal. I think that's part of the, the journey as well. You have to come up with something new to, to fixate against. And my next goal after the whole million is going to be 5 million by 2032. So that's going to be the, 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 this epic journey that I'm going to go, go on after this journey, if that makes sense. So I've noticed it. Uh, I say all of that to say that I cannot force you to join a financial literacy um, position. I cannot tell you that it's you know, profitable or eff- uh, efficient for you. I cannot say that it's going to bring you joy, especially if you, you don't want to work for yourself. In the end of the day, it's not about what I think is right for you. It's about what you think in your own head. So if you don't want to actually go on this um, path, then yeah, man, hey, do you, man. Pay, live paycheck to paychecks, you know, like uh, pay for what you want, buy everything that you, you want and ultimately, you know, deal with the consequences. But if you want to change, it's going to be something that you have to internally embrace and you have to change within yourself in order to make it work. I know I slightly ranted. But... Nah, it's all good. I think something that you, you tweeted, I'm going to go back to the tweet because I saw it and I laughed and I chuckled. I be tweeting a lot nowadays. I be tweeting. But I think I think my tweets are actually better than my posts, but I don't think people really follow my tweets like that to ever begin with. <laughs> my IG posts is what I'm referring to. It's like, all right. Oh, this, this is the one that was fire for me. And I think I would love to put that like on the shirt. It's Lauren, Lauren said, right now I'm looking toward 5 million network by 2032. Will my household make it? Maybe or maybe not. Will it end oppression? Nope. Will I care? Nope. Growing up poor taught me in the end, it's just you and hunker. I plan to stay fed. I plan to stay fed is like the line of the year. But that, that I don't think you, I was like, yo, I don't get, like these people be saying all types of stuff. It's financial literacy is, won't, won't fix systemic oppression. Financial literacy is not going to help your problems. Financially. I'm like, I don't think my problem was not having food in the fridge. Yep. I solved that problem. If, if, if and financial literacy helped me do that, like I get it. Maybe you won't let you drive the Lamborghini of your dream or you walk into a room and everybody somehow hugs you and looks at you and points and say, mm, you're that guy. Maybe you won't get that. But damn, man, like this financial literacy makes me feel really nice when I get to travel. <laughs> like it's really nice right now. Yeah, it is because it comes out to be this place of like um the reality is that you're making you made that change and that change literally shifted everything else in your life and i think that's what i think people are not understanding it's not money money over everything is that money affects everything it impacts your health it, and and we were talking about this in the group chat i had went to the doctor to the dental dentist um and I have a slight tongue tie and I have a bad habit of putting my tongue, resting my tongue on the lower half of my mouth. And so I've been looking at myofis- um facial therapy. And here's the thing. I didn't have it when I was a child, but I realized that some of the trauma that I experienced, I use like sucking my actual tongue as a place of comfort. So if you look at my pictures when I was like up until five, six, seven, eight, my teeth were straight. 
it is the, the trauma that I experienced, I found a way to kind of cope. And so I was always sucking on my tongue, not my thumb, but like my little old tongue. And then that caused to have like the position of my mouth to shift, all this stuff, all this other stuff. But now I'm going to be starting therapy next month. I dropped 7,400. It's it going to cost like $7,400 for me to get the Invisalign, everything, put my deposit, use my um, $2,200, use my FSA for the deposit or HSA, did, do all these different things. And I started to kind of go down this, this, this rabbit hole of like, dang, this is being changed because of money. This is my, my whole facial structure without surgery is going to change because of having access to this stuff. And Atlanta was talking about some other things like, like her eyes or stuff like that. Like, I don't think we understand the weight of poverty, the weight that it causes over you, the, the, the stronghold, the binding of it. And unless we get to that point where we're, cause we're talking about like this whole idea of oppression and I'm not negating these things, but I always think about Madam CJ Walker every time that I'm in business and I kind of feel like, oh, I can't. Then I say she was in the worst time to make this possible. Like she shouldn't be who she ended up being, but she did. And that to me is courage and gusto enough to say that if I want that narrative and I want to make something like that happen, I can't. It's just going to be a matter of if I'm going to, if I'm going to actually do it. And I think we have to have that get it done mindset. And we were talking about perfection. We can't think things are going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have failures. But the pursuit of it, beautiful, because it changes what you want to eat. It changes the way places you want to go. It opens up your mind to the possibility of what life can be on the other side. I don't want to be bound. I hope you don't either. People out here living, uh, it's very interesting to see how especially uh, young black financial influencers or even just young people finally getting to a sense of financial accomplishment, mainly uh, one through education and then through the jobs that they have. And then now to try to build wealth. And at every interval, there's always this pushback against who we are and what we are. So when you become educated, oh, you think your education is going to save you from from um from racism, like, oh, okay, I didn't really think so. I thought I was just trying to get educated. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, I just thought it was going to be that simple. Oh, you think your job is going to stop you from being oppressed by the cops? I'm like, mm, nah, but I'm just trying to get my job so I could get, you know, food or, or, or income into my family. That's, that was the whole point of getting the job. Or you're just trying to build wealth because that's going to end systemic oppression. Like, mm, nah, I'm just trying to build wealth because I, that's what every other community does. And to me, that's, that to me is very odd because we almost force ourselves into a new box and a new form of slavery where we never let go and let never let our ourselves just live life, right? We can't live life. We can't actually be better for ourselves. Spending money though is almost like universally accepted. Like if you're gonna spend money in the worst ways, that is the that's the thing to do. But the moment you try to use money for anything other than spending, you're somehow like the um the the antichrist <laughs> you you've made it to this level of like what you're not trying to be poor you're not trying to live paycheck to paycheck who do you think you are as if we want to hold on to this identity of the victim and i i don't think the the identity of the victim or the narrative of the victim can readily exist in um 
in contrast to the identity of the victor. The victor wins. The victor doesn't look down upon themselves. The victor is not in the corner crying, sobbing, and wishing that somebody else will like them. The victor likes him or herself first. And I think that ideal or that mentality cannot coexist in a space where the victim narrative is, you know, what a lot of people uh, um, think their entire identity is based off of. So you can't have, in a sense, Black um, happiness in a place where everybody thinks that the only thing that Black people are, at least the only thing that Black people should be doing is almost, you know, saying, well, woe is me. And that to me is a little odd. It's a little strange. It's why I generally want to push back on it. But then I'm getting to a point where I don't care. I'm like, you know what? If that's what you feel like and this is how you live, I'm going to let you cook. I'm going to let you rock. I'm going to let you do what you do because that's not what I do. And then, and, and at that point, it triggers the next thought. It's like, why haven't, you know, that question, why haven't somebody like Oprah, LeBron or whatever, or Kanye lifted us from, you know, from poverty itself? Then I realized, oh, they got to this point when they realized, oh, yeah, the entire thing about wealth is about you. And if you don't want to change, then nothing will ever change. It's the same thing that um, Barack Obama said to a group of students in the Morehouse speech. He literally said, hey, you're going to have to step up. You're going to have to make the, the change for yourself. And some people in that moment, people clapped and people were happy. But later on, people dissected it in, in a negative way. And he never spoke about it again. And every time you see a picture of Barack now, he's he's drinking ice cream somewhere <laughs> with his kids. <laughs> like, yeah, he wants to help. And yeah, he wants to impart the knowledge and share what he's learned in order for him to build some form of super generational wealth for him and his kids. And maybe some of those nuggets might help you. But because you're so fixated on the fact that, oh, Black people are supposed to be damn near broke and destitute, that in, in no way do you want to hear his story of actually making it, his story of being becoming the victor. And to me, that's where in lies a tell of like the whole idea of having a hero. I think we're always thinking that Superman is coming through the window to save us, to do X, Y, Z. And we're looking for that one person. And I think that's why we cling on to the figures like Martin Luther King, um, you know, Malcolm X, we cling on, but then we don't understand that their whole idea and their whole premise of existence was for change, was for results oriented. I think I understand that some people want to feel validated or this stuff, but I get to the point in my life, like, whether you think I am or I'm not, as long as I know that I am, it doesn't matter. And I think as a community, that's always our problem. We're always looking for some reinforcement outside of ourselves. And so what ends up happening is we're not included. We're not doing this, this, that, and the third. And there's whole other communities that could care less. Like they just could care less. They just want to make sure that the people that they're in, you know, they're good. And which is why you see them not care whether you accept their traditions, not care if you accept the fact that they eat meat in a certain type of way, they go, they don't, they don't wear certain things. They don't care. They're walking out their convictions. But we feel like we have to perform our convictions. And that's a big difference. Yeah, it's one of those things I've I've noticed about the way that we go about it is 
that we're always struggling against even allowing other people to move forward in life. So it's, this is the same reason why you see people give bad relationship advice. Uh, I'm like, why are you taking advice from somebody that's perpetually bitter, perpetually single, perpetually mad? Like that shouldn't be the person you take your advice from, but yet that person is a relationship expert for some reason. You're taking, people take um, advice from others that's been perpetually broke all their lives or people that have, you know, credit card issues are not credit card experts. We have all these levels of, of very charismatic scammers in the community that we read or listen to versus in those people that actually did it the right way. How many almost like, how, how much great information would it have been to listen to Oprah really tell her story for the last, what, 40 years directly to us without no filter, without the, the fear of being hated for just by, by the virtue of her having enough wealth. Just for us to listen to her, her path, what she's gone through or what she struggles with on a daily basis or what she struggles through while shifting from, you know, being poor and all to, to becoming ultra wealthy. What is that struggle about? Or how do you feel now instead of speculating that we just allow her to speak and for, for us to just listen without clipping, without, um, without adding our own conjecture to it, just listening to them. Like, I would love to just listen to Barack Obama, not necessarily in the sense of like, a, a, hey, give me a solution that does this. No, I just want to hear your story without all the glam, without all the glitz, you know, over some some ice cream on the side of the road in, in, in Hawaii. I just want to hear this guy have a, a, a day to day conversation with me with the flaws, with the the oops. I, I, I need to rephrase that that kind of statement. And for me to be like, you know, a, an understanding person and say, you know what? That's okay that he made a mistake in that statement. I just want to listen to you still. And I don't think we have that anymore in society. We have a lot of like people that are fixated on their own data points, their own victim narrative. And because of it, we'll never get to listen to all the people that that won and could have won because of it. And this is why I think this week I even started off with saying that I've actually never, and, and this is one revelation to me, I've never really met a, a million dollar, uh, a millionaire black person. Never, I guess I've been in proximity, kind of, sort of, to somebody like Anthony O'Neill at FinCon, but and and he says he's a millionaire. I've never seen it for sure, but he says he's a millionaire, and I believe it to be whatever. But there's a lot of other people I've never seen in real life. I don't have an uncle that is that rich. I don't have a friend's uncle that is that rich. I've never really been in proximity with people that are really that wealthy. But I've been in proximity to people that cosplay wealth, that put on wealth as a makeup, that dress up in, in those fairly expensive outfits or even the homes that they have, the cars that they drive, so on and so forth. At the time, which I thought, oh, shoot, this person got heated seats, you know, Mercedes Benz. I'm like, but you have a heated seats Mercedes Benz in Miami, Florida. Let me, let me say that again. That, that person had heated seats. I don't know how you, I don't know how you sell this to somebody. No sense. No I don't know how, how do you sell this to somebody in Miami, Florida? The place bakes like all the time. It's generally never going to be low like 65. And even if you are below 65, that's very early in the morning. By midday, you're back to cooking again. The fact that you have heated seats in Florida is insanity. But yet, because they had a Mercedes, a marked car, like, oh, my goodness. And they tell you, like, hey, I have a Mercedes, you know, in the, in the driveway. Check out my Mercedes. They tell you all of this because this is performance of wealth. It's being decked out in materialism. And, hey, look at my shoes. Look at my outfit. And I, I thought we're just going to get something to eat. 
I thought I thought we were just gonna go to brunch real quick, but it's an outfit, it's a look. And because of it, we miss out on the truth of it. The matter is that that person might be broke as shit. Sorry about that. I think I ended up cursing, but that person might be broke. All right. That person might be struggling. That person, maybe they're not even broken, struggling. Maybe they don't even know that they're broken, struggling. That's another problem that we have. A lot of people just think, hey, man, I have some money in the bank account. I have um, some, I have $500 in my savings. I'll be fine. But the truth is, is it enough? Can you cover your, your mom retiring and she has to now have long-term health care? Can you cover that? Can you cover your own future uh, retirement investment? Can you cover your dog that's barking at another dog because they have a beef for some reason? Can you do that? And the questions that answer only they will know. So I think the biggest thing that we're, we're, we're trying to convey here is that you talk about financial literacy. And I know right now financial literacy in the black community is taking a hit persist Twitter, but it's important because if we don't talk about the fact that it helps and we don't share the stories that it does help and putting certain things together, we're going to perpetually be in a state of lack. And then because we're there, we cannot be a force for change. Um, primary example people talk about Barack and they'll say Barack didn't do this and Barack didn't do that but he, like Lauren said when he tried to give the blueprint we shut it down when anybody tells us like the real it's like the person that says you need to work out you need to eat less you need to eat healthy foods nah that's not how it is because you know what I don't have vegetables and I live in a food desert these are real things but that might mean taking the extra two bus stops to go to a place that offers real healthy food because the cost of not doing it is your life. The cost of not doing it is your health. We'll work on the long-term solutions, but we got to make some short-term plays, which is doing the minimum, knowing what you make and knowing how much you're spending and then finding out where you're over-leveraged and switching up. That might mean moving. That might mean changing your lifestyle. That might mean no brunches over the weekend. That might mean making food at home. You got food at home. Like, I think the most ridiculous thing that I've seen, it might be more cheap to eat out than to, to make food at home because groceries so up. Who is selling this narrative? Like, no. Cheap. Maybe save a few bucks because you're thinking when you really start putting the math down and you start listing the stuff, it's not. Got to be able to do critical thinking. Like, I know we keep saying that the skill skills system didn't do us right but they didn't provide critical thinking. You had to use it in almost every class. You had to consider the facts in front of you and really then make the decision that's going to be helpful. So we got to push through and we got to rethink. Law does a great job documenting his financial journey. Um, he has the, the neighborhoodfinanceguide.com. The resources are plentiful. There are sheets, there's articles, there's blogs, there's apps that you can see you can put stuff in your apps you can do whatever and it doesn't mean that you're going to change overnight but dang try try step by step to do something because it, it might it might it might lead you to a better life it's a wild thing when people trick themselves into believing some of these i think i won't say they're believing in some of these things i think they're just kind of doubling down on their own 
um, misinterpretations of societies. It's like, yeah, it's cheaper for me to, and, and my wife actually said, if she went down that, that uh, post and she was like, wow, one person said it's cheaper for me as a single person to eat out but it's not cheaper for a family. Then another person comes in and says, hey, for families, it's cheaper for, for me to eat out versus than a single person. I'm like, both of those things can't really exist, right? <laughs> like, it can't be cheaper for one and not cheaper for the other. And it's in truth, it's never been cheaper to just eat out. There is a cost of eating out. There is tipping culture. You have to tip anywhere from 15 to now 20% or even more. Because sometimes they even start off at like 18 and they just kind of ratchet it up all the way up. On top of that, you're paying for the fact that you're driving to this place, you're paying with your time, you're paying with the fact that it might not even be that great of a food um, in co- terms of quality and nutrients for you. And you might need to eat you know, in the next two hours again. So instead of actually counting the fact that it is costing you, you rather just say, and it's almost intellectually lazy to just basically say, well, it's cheaper for me to, to, to eat out. No, it's, you just want to eat out. Say that. Or say less, man. Say you don't know how to cook. That might be a thing. Maybe you have no idea how to cook. Maybe you're better off learning that skill. So therefore, you'd be able to you know, cook for yourself and realize that there is a difference. But instead, you're, you take the lazier approach and just say, you know what? It's not for me. I'm like, OK. And somebody even said, well, the, you're not counting the, the time that it takes to wash the dishes. I'm like, oh, my. This insane amount of like, what, 30 minutes of your day, maybe? You know, if, if it's not... It's not that's 30 minutes if you really had like a whole bunch of like, if you're cooking it up a storm, right? And that even in that 30 minutes, those times are like, for whatever reason, we, we paint it as this like death and suffering. Whereas when you're cooking and you're in your own thought, there's not a lot going on. You're allowed to, you're decompressing. There is value in that as well. As crazy as it sounds, this is why people have lived longer or live with less money or whatever it is. You're like, how did they do it? Because for some reason, every part of their time and their life was not overly consumed. Yeah, mom and dad had to walk, you know, uh, 10 miles to go to school. But that 10 miles is chance encounters with different people, is opportunities to just kind of like take in the sights, to, to get a workout. All of this costs you something. And majority of these grandmas, grandpas, they had a lot of like, real life experience, how to avoid things, how to interact with other people, how to uh, almost like subconsciously know that this area is dangerous. You plop a kid now with no social idea in the middle of nowhere, they could end up in the hood and end up dead all they know. They have no idea because they're just going around, la, 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 let me just take pictures. They have no clue of what really goes on in the real world. So we're seeing almost like people have no understanding what is truly cost them um, in the long run by pressing the button called easy. All the skills, all that knowledge, all that understanding, all that um, ability to almost self-regulate, to deep breathe, uh, to, 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 deep, to, uh, to, to breathe deep breaths, right? To debrief yourself, to un- understand what's going on. All of that has a value, at least to me it does. And maybe to somebody else, it has zero value at all. But I'm like looking around. I don't mind doing dishes. I don't mind sweeping the ground. I don't mind, you know, cleaning up after myself because at the end of the day, it's all internal time that I need to kind of slow down my, my, my thinking process to allow my, my mind to decompress, to do something a little bit simple. And then also to show love into my own household that I could help out within you know, my own entire home. Yet again, I'm going down a deep rant. No, but it's necessary and, you know, tends to kind of wrap it up. It's just like, 
we have lost the art of actually living and it is going to cost no matter how much we think it's not we we're i don't even know i don't even want to call it a cycle but it is like a perpetual loop and we're not building like those healthy connections and healthy bridges so i think it's costing us more than we we would love to we would like to admit and it's something that we need to re- definitely reconsider as a society need to be open up to open to the possibility that the way we're currently doing things may not necessarily be the healthy way. Um, we're seeing it with how people are dealing with um, illness, sickness. It's 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 kind of heartbreaking. Well, one thing's for sure is that time waits for no man, nor woman, nor they them, nor anybody. Life is constantly gonna change and prov- and add challenges and complexity. And if we're not thinking ahead, or if we have the power and the intuition to know that things will become a little bit tougher in the long run, it's up to you to act upon it and make those changes so you can live a life that that is a little bit easier, a little bit more meaningful for you. And yeah, there's nothing, I don't know, there's, there's no easy point of this. If it was easy, everybody would have done it. If it was easy, everybody being rich, living the social utopia, flying with jetpacks on our back. But this is not what this is. Life is a constant um, act of struggling. Your body struggles every day just to stay alive. That's the entire point of your body is like it's running itself just to stay alive as long as possible. And it's up to you to understand that within the um, within that moment of survival that you have to kind of create your own sense of purpose, your own sense of uh, manifest destiny, and also your own sense of like goals. Like, what do you want to do? And how do you want to, what do you want to be known for? I don't know. It could be something very simple, like, but what do you want to leave behind for anybody else to see about you 10 years, 50 years, a hundred years from now, even if it's nothing at all, or it's very innocuous, who are you going to help today? And how are you going to change your world instead of being a person with the identity of the victim or the the identity of the complainer? Personally, you you can hate me all you want. Somebody online or some people in my friends group, some people probably secretly hate me, but they can never say I didn't try. And that to me is more important. This was a a very interesting episode of the Financial Grill. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's good. It's, it's stuff that for us to eat on and chew on. It's not easy to digest those things because it forces us to look into life. But we got to do better. And it starts with making those steps and changes. So thank you for everyone for listening to this episode of Financial Grio. I hope that it helps you consider what is Black joy, Black happiness, and reconsider some of the things that we've we've decided for it to be. Thank you for listening to the Financial Griot Podcast, powered by the Wealth Builders Collective. 